Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Now, today I want to talk about a subject that might sound like it's about preaching, and it is about preaching, but it's much broader than that as well, because today I want to talk with you about planning a preaching ministry or a preaching program for your church. Now, of course, this uh, uh, does relate to uh, planning out your preaching, but as you're going to hear in just a few minutes, it's bigger than that. Uh, Planning your preaching program really has an impact on the total ministry of your church and on all aspects of what your church hopes to accomplish. So today, while the title of the podcast is Planning a Preaching Program, uh, it's really about planning a preaching ministry that impacts the total work of your church. And so whether you're the preacher or not, this podcast can be helpful as you perhaps work with your pastor to help him understand the importance of planning his preaching program and of communicating that plan in such a way that it impacts the total ministry of the church. So, planning a preaching program or planning a preaching ministry that impacts the total work of a church. First of all, what is a planned program of preaching? Well, here's my definition. It's an intentional schedule of preaching themes, subjects, and texts that guides worship planning, program planning, and influences the total ministry of a church. So the definition again, a planned program of preaching is an intentional schedule of preaching themes, subjects, and texts that guide worship planning, program planning, and influences the total ministry of the church. Now that last part of the definition is vital. It emphasizes that the preaching ministry should influence the total ministry of the church. Now, this comes from both theological and practical perspectives on my part. I think that the Word of God is central to the function of a church, and I believe the preaching of the Word of God is the primary means by which a pastor communicates the centrality of Scripture not only to the preaching ministry but to the total ministry of the church. And I believe the preaching moment is a unique opportunity for a pastor to uh, shape the ministry, direction, tone, attitude, and uh, perspective of the total ministry of the church by what he accomplishes in the preaching moment. So in order to do that, you have to have a planned program. Uh, And I'll lay out for you in this podcast the advantages of that, the disadvantages of it, and then, of course, some how-tos get it done. Let's first of all talk about the advantages of a planned program of preaching. The first advantage is it removes the anxiety of what do I preach. It removes the anxiety of what do I preach because you've determined a direction, a course, a set of subjects or texts, and you've committed to those. And so week by week, rather than wasting time in the quandary answering the question, what do I preach, you simply move on to the next item or the next subject or the next text on the agenda. Another uh, advantage of a plan program is that it definitely saves time in preparation. Now, you might say, well, I thought it would take more time if I had a planned program. No, it takes a little more time in the beginning while you're laying out the plan. But once you establish the plan, having a planned program saves time in preparation. Let me give you three ways it does that. First, it, save, it saves time because it limits the background study for each message. 
You know, if you're preaching through, for example, the book of Ephesians or through the Ten Commandments or something like that, you only have to do the background study on those messages one time. And once you've done the background study, meaning the, the, the occasion, the date, the outline, the theme uh, of the book from which you're preaching, then you able, you're able to carry that forward week by week without having to redo it. But if you're using a different book of the Bible every week or skipping around from topic to topic, then you have to do all of the detailed background study for every single message. And frankly, if you do it well, uh, that takes a lot of time. Another way it saves time is it provides continuity of study from day to day and week to week, meaning that uh, in some weeks in your schedule, you're going to have more time to study, and so you just study all the time you have available and prepare your message not just for that week but on into the future. And that gives you uh, a greater use of time because you're not, you're not wasting time. Uh, if you have uh, extra time in a week, you use that extra time to study for the weeks ahead that are coming on your preaching schedule. And so there, then when you have one of those weeks where you don't have as much time, you're already way ahead and you're not in a panic about getting your message done by that particular Sunday. Another way it saves time in preparation is, it, is that it allows for material to be gathered and saved for later. If you're in a planned program of preaching and you already know what you're going to be preaching on two, three, six, twelve 12 months in advance, uh, you have the general themes and texts already outlined or already laid out on your schedule, and you run across an article or a current event or an illustration or uh, someone preaching on the same theme or the same subject that you really feel like captures what you want to say, you can file that material months ahead of time and have it ready for you when you get there. And so when you, uh, when you have a planned program of preaching, it saves time in preparation because it limits the background study, provides continuity of study and study time, and allows for material to be gathered and saved for later use. Here's another advantage of a planned program. It compensates for major interruptions. Now, I use the word interruptions, and I would almost put it in air quotes, because what we often call interruptions are actually the ministry that we've been assigned. You know, people die, and they die, it seems like, at the most inopportune times, but they will die when they will die. And in those moments, pastoral leaders have to step in and devote the time necessary to sustain a family through that crisis. There are also other kinds of ministry crises that come along. Uh, families in crisis, uh, difficulties with personnel, uh, challenges in your facility. I remember that our church building once flooded, and we thought, well, that'll never happen again. That was a 100-year flood. Well, the 100-year flood came back two years later, and so we had that crisis to deal with in our facility. Another ministry interruption is your own illnesses. Uh, you're going to get the flu. You're going to get a cold. You're going to have some stomach trouble along the way. And those kinds of things do limit our productivity. So these are interruptions, and I'll call them major interruptions, that come to our work schedule on a regular basis. Now, again, I put some of these things in air quotes because they're not really interruptions. They're just the normal course of ministry, honestly. But you know what I mean. They intersect our schedules in ways we weren't necessarily planning, uh, weren't necessarily expecting, and because of that, it can disrupt our, our preparation for preaching. Well, if you're scrambling every week trying to come up with, what do I preach? What do I say? What do I do? Then when these interruptions happen, it fractures your schedule and frazzles your emotions, and you just have no idea how to even get it all done before Sunday. 
But a planned program recognizes, you know, I'm going to have these things that are going to intersect my schedule, so I have to stay ahead on my preparation, stay focused on my uh, on, on getting my material ready, so that when one of these things happens, I'm not thrown completely off course in my preaching ministry. Another way that a planned program, uh, another advantage of a planned program is that it contributes to greater balance in preaching. Difficult texts or subjects are less likely to be ignored when you take on a planned program of preaching. So, for example, when I announced as a pastor that I was going to preach through the book of Hebrews, I was so looking forward to the passages on uh, the deity of Christ and the exalted nature of his priesthood, and so excited about the uh, roll call of faith, chapter 11, and then chapters 12 and 13, talking about uh, persevering in the Christian life and working as churches in unity and responding respectfully to leaders. And all of those themes in the book of Hebrews were so encouraging, and I was looking so much forward to them. But then there was Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, it is impossible for those who have once tasted and fallen away to be renewed again. Wow. What does that mean? Those are the passages of Scripture you just kind of like to skip over when you get to them. But when you've announced that you're going to preach through a book of the Bible, you have to preach through the whole book of the Bible, even the difficult texts. And so these difficult texts that are easy to ignore when we're cherry-picking what we like to preach from Scripture are essential for us to address because when people read the, their Bibles and they come across these troublesome texts, they need help in understanding what they mean. Also, difficult subjects are less likely to be ignored. Difficult subjects like greed and divorce and homosexuality. Uh, difficult subjects like gender roles and gender responsibilities. These are all things that are troublesome in our culture today. And quite frankly, uh, when you preach on them, you know you're inviting controversy because of how they're portrayed in our culture and how the Christian faith stands in contrast to what the culture says on many of these issues. Nevertheless, a planned program of preaching, when you arrive at one of these difficult subjects, requires that you address it and do so well. Now, I've learned over the years that people are not as offended. Notice I did not say people are not ever offended. I said people are not as offended or suspicious when you preach on a difficult subject when it's part of an announced planned program of preaching. And I had a couple of stark examples of this when I was in pastoral ministry. I remember once I was uh, preaching through the Beatitudes, or excuse me, the Sermon on the Mount, which of course begins with the Beatitudes, but I'd announced that I was going to preach a series of messages on the Sermon on the Mount. Wouldn't you know that the Sunday that I arrived on the passage on divorce, that the previous week, a fairly prominent couple in our church, to the surprise of a lot of us, announced that they were getting a divorce. And the following Sunday, my message was scheduled to be on divorce. And I had to make a decision. What am I going to do about that? But I decided to stick with my planned program, believing that in the uh, sovereignty and overarching work of God, he had orchestrated, frankly, my message to intersect our church at a pivotal and crucial time when that issue was very much before us. And so I stood up. And I carried through with preaching through the Sermon on the Mount, and I preached that passage on divorce. Afterwards, the response was interesting. Multiple people came up to me and said, thank you for addressing that issue today. 
thank you for sticking with your plan and for following through in the scripture. And most of our leaders actually came forward and said to me, wow, God, only God could have put that together. God put that together. You planned that out months ago. God knew what was coming in our church, and he had your message ready for us. And man, thank you for standing up and preaching that word from God. This happened to me another time when I was preaching a message, uh, a series of messages, and uh, the theme that came up on the Sunday that was coming was uh, sexual immorality. And the same thing happened again. In our church, we had a, a situation of open immorality arise in our congregation, and it became very publicly known, and then here comes Sunday. Well, I had to address the issue, but I was able to address it because I was able to preach again in my series that I had already laid out on this difficult or troublesome subject. Now, when you preach on a troublesome or difficult subject or text in a part of, as part of a planned program, as I said, people are less offended or suspicious. I did not say they will never be offended and they will not be suspicious, but they will be less so because they understand that you're simply preaching what's next in the scripture that you've laid out that you're going to be teaching your church over those per that period of time. And they are less offended because they don't feel like you've singled them out or attacked them uh, by raising that subject on that particular day. So advantages of a planned program. Here are the first four. It removes the anxiety of what to preach. It saves time in preparation. It compensates for major interruptions. And it contributes to greater balance in preaching. Now here are four more. It provides continuity for the congregation so that they have a sense of what's coming and what's already been said. It also gives you an opportunity to capitalize on that continuity by uh, building week by week on what you're saying and helping to underscore repeated themes and lead a church in a direction by giving them more than just one message on a subject, but something that they think about for a few weeks as, they, as you shift their thinking. And a planned program also prevents premature preaching on current events. Now, certainly, there are times to uh, step out of a plan and address something really pertinent that's going on in the culture. But I think m preachers uh, make uh, a mistake if they think they have to address everything that ever happens on the news every week in their Sunday sermon. We're gospel preachers. We're Word of God communicators. And when we need to, we can structure a message around a current event, but I think we need to be very careful that we don't let current events drive our message preparation. We need to let the, the, the scripture with its themes and its emphases and its, uh, high, and its, its points of uh, emphasis, we need to let that drive what we're preaching and not current events. Now, I know there's a balance here, and there are times when something happens that's so dramatic in a community that you simply have to address it. Uh, and sometimes something happens that's going on in our nation or our world that must be addressed. But, you know, there are other ways to address these issues without building the entire sermon around them. For example, it's possible earlier in the worship service prior to the message to say, this happened in our community or this happened in our world. And here's a passage of Scripture that speaks directly to us and to God's care for us in this moment. Now let's pray about this situation. It's possible to do that in 90 seconds to two minutes at a different part in the worship service and not allow it to dominate the preaching or to feel like you have to build your message around current events. Now we move to something that helps with even a broader perspective, and that is my seventh advantage is a planned program of preaching provides a framework to plan cohesive worship services. 
as you lay out your plan, your preaching plan, and you see themes developing, you can show your worship leaders those themes, and you can say, over the next few months or in the latter part of this year, we're going to be emphasizing these themes in worship. It would be great if we had uh, music that supported these themes, if we had drama that supported these themes, if we used video production that supported these themes. Um, it would be great if we could uh, recruit people to lead prayers or other worship expressions that support these themes. On these particular Sundays from the text, observances of the Lord's Supper or baptism would be particularly important because they connect with the themes of the message. And so as you lay out your worship planning in the future, all of these things can be incorporated into your preaching theme if you give your worship leaders enough time. Now that's the crucial thing. A planned program of preaching lays out what you're going to be talking about for the next 3, 6, or 12 months. And that gives worship leaders the capacity to really shape what they're doing to support the preaching ministry of the church and to build all that they're doing around the themes communicated by, by the preaching. Now you can't do this if you're only planning week to week. You can't call your worship team on Thursday and say, uh, I want music, drama, prayers, and, uh, and testimonies all around this theme. You have 48 hours. I mean, that's so unfair to people who are putting together the rest of a worship service. And frankly, most of them are volunteers, and they just simply can't do that. But if you help them and lay out your themes farther in advance, they can help build worship service that are cohesive around the theme or the text of the sermon. And then finally... And this is perhaps the broadest application, and that is, and the broadest advantage, and that is a planned program of preaching demonstrates intentionality and allows the preaching ministry to influence the total work of the church. For example, if you say, I'm going to preach four weeks in the spring on marriage, then wouldn't that be a great time for your young adult ministry to also do some premarital preparation Bible studies? Wouldn't that be a great time for your teenagers to do a true love waits type experience to emphasize a chastity and preparation for marriage in that regard? Uh, wouldn't it be a great time in your children's ministry perhaps to do a special emphasis or a special program or hand out special take-home papers that relate to family ministry and family programming and how, that, uh, and, and how that's supported by the church? You see, all of these things can be integrated if the preaching program is laid out months in advance and so the rest of the ministry of the church knows what's happening and where we're going. When I was a pastor, this is what I did. I, I would meet with my team every November and I would say, this is where I'm going the following year. And I would say, this is, these are the emphases, these are the themes, these are the texts that I've laid out for the next year of preaching. Now let's talk about how we can build the preaching or how we can build the total ministry of the church around these themes. And in doing that, we had synergy and integration and a tremendous uh, capacity uh, to build momentum in the church. Rather than having a hodgepodge of programming scattered throughout a church where the youth ministry is doing one thing and the children's ministry is doing another thing and the adult ministry is doing another thing and the men's ministry is over here and the women's ministry is over there, why not see if we can't come together to build synergy around the preaching themes and make sure that there's some connectivity to what we're doing throughout the work of the church? Now, that doesn't mean that it has to be lockstep and that everything has to revolve around the preaching program. Not at all. But it does mean we look for opportunities for synergy to have unity in what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish and that there's some integration of approach not only in the worship services but in the total work of the church built around the preaching ministry. Well, what are some disadvantages of a planned program? Uh, let me highlight at least four of those. First, don't let it become a dictator. It's not a dictator, it's a tool. 
If you get out in the middle of your planned program of preaching and you realize you made a mistake, you need to go a different direction, or something's come up in your community or church that has to be addressed, step away from the plan and take care of business. Don't let a planned program become a dictator. It's always a tool. Second, uh, a planned program can remove spontaneity from preaching. Don't let that happen. If something comes up that needs to be addressed, if there's a spontaneous issue or event or a spontaneous change that needs to be made, make it. Third, another disadvantage is it can become tedious for the congregation. If you announce that you're going to spend the next four years teaching through First and Second Chronicles, you're going to analyze every name that's listed there, I can assure you that that's going to become very difficult for your church to hear. You know, I once spent two years preaching through the book of Acts. You say, well, boy, wasn't that kind of a long series? Well, here's what I did. Uh, I had a Sunday morning service back then and a Sunday night service that was a separate worship service. And so what I did was I would preach on Sunday morning through a section of Acts, and then I'd switch it to Sunday night. Then I'd come back and switch it back to Sunday morning, and then I'd switch it back to Sunday night. And so over that two-year period, I preached on through Acts, but only on Sunday mornings and a part of the time and on Sunday nights part of the time. And I alternated other series within the longer series to make sure that I had some variety and some, some uh, preaching that kept it from becoming a tedious study. But here's the primary disadvantage. It's a weighty responsibility, and some of you don't want to take it. Now, I don't know if that's really a disadvantage, but it's certainly something that weighs on us. To lay out a planned program of preaching says that you're going to take the spiritual responsibility to think about where your church needs to go for the next year, what it needs to hear from God and from God's Word, and you're going to put together a plan that will get you there. That's a weighty responsibility. And then if you're going to call together your worship leaders and say, I want you to build worship services around these themes for the next year, and then beyond that, you're going to call together your church leaders and say, I want us to build the men's ministry, the women's ministry, the youth ministry, the children's ministry, the family ministry. I want us to build the ministry of our church as much as possible around these preaching themes so that there's connectivity and synergy in what we're trying to accomplish as a church. That is a weighty responsibility. And some people, frankly, just don't want that much pressure. Well, I don't want to be mean this morning on the podcast, but I'll say it this way. If you don't want that kind of responsibility, you shouldn't be in pastoral ministry. That's part of the deal. You have to get down on your knees and ask God what he wants your church to hear from his word, and you have to have the courage to lay it out as a plan and then to start implementing it as best you can. And if you'll do that, I think you'll see that this disadvantage turns into actually an advantage. Now, what are some practical aspects of planning out this program? Well, first of all, let me give you some sample elements, and then let me walk you through how to do it. Uh, Some sample elements of a planned program might include things like this, a series on a book of the Bible. Uh, Let me encourage less experienced preachers to start with shorter books and longer series only after you become more skilled. So if you're a younger, more uh, inexperienced preacher, uh, start with the book of Philippians, not Isaiah. But as you grow in your skills and as you grow in your capacity for preaching, you may want to be able to take on, you may be able to take on one of these longer books. Another way to approach a series is to take a series on a section of the Bible. Like, for example, a series on the Sermon on the Mount rather than take the whole book of Matthew. Or a series on the seven churches of Revelation rather than taking on the whole book of Revelation. Or a series on the Ten Commandments rather than preaching through the whole Pentateuch. Maybe a series on the minor prophets taking one message from each prophet rather than preaching verse by verse through each one of the prophets. 
Here's another approach, a series on a theme or a topic. You might say, well, I want to preach a series of messages on stewardship or a series on marriage or a series on parenting. It can be a series of different themes or topics that's a collection of expository messages, uh, not just a bunch of topical ideas strung together. So you might preach a a text from one passage of Scripture on marriage this Sunday, and then the, another text from another part of the Bible on marriage the following Sunday, you get the idea. Another element would be a series on a character or characters. Like, for example, you might preach a series of messages on the life of David or a series on the 12 disciples. And then, of course, there are always single messages on special days or special events or special emphases like a holiday message or a special event in your church, like your church anniversary or something like that. Now let's get to the very practical part of how to do this here at the last part of the podcast. How do you create this actual planned program? Well, the first thing you want to do is establish the pattern that you have for your program. If you only have a Sunday morning service, or you only have one worship service a week that may be repeated a couple of times, but you're still only using one sermon, then you have 52 preaching events in a calendar year. Weird years might have 53, but you get the idea. So the first thing you want to lay out is your possible pattern of preaching. And if you only have Sunday morning, then you have 52 opportunities. But if you have a Sunday morning service and a Sunday night service, then now you have 52 opportunities on Sunday morning and 52 opportunities on Sunday night. And so whatever your church schedule is and however it's laid out, uh, put down the preaching slots that you have, uh, maybe 52 in the morning and 52 in the evening or something like that. Then you want to start looking at the calendars, and I emphasize an S on that word, the calendars to lay out the preaching options. The first thing you do is look at the calendar itself and look at the natural breakpoints that come in the calendar of the year in your community. So, for example, I've looked at 2021, and I discovered that there are 13 Sundays from the first Sunday of the year up until Easter. So there's 13 weeks of preaching that come in a natural block leading up to Easter. And then from Easter to Memorial Day, there's seven Sundays. And then from Memorial Day to Labor Day, there's 13 Sundays. And from Labor Day to Thanksgiving, there's 11. And then there's four Sundays after Thanksgiving that either could be devoted to or might lead up to Christmas. Now, these blocks, 13, 7, 13, 11, and 4, are one way to break down the calendar for next year. But let me encourage you to be a little more uh, specific than that. Because, for example, some of you are in places where school starts before Labor Day. And so your fall schedule doesn't really start with Labor Day. It really starts two weeks before when school starts in your community. Some of you, school doesn't end on Memorial Day. It goes up into June. And so your summer scheduling doesn't really start until school's out in late June in your community. I realize that people are listening to this podcast literally all over the world, and I don't know how to uh, customize it or give an example for every single possible situation. But what I'm saying is, first of all, look at the calendar But then look more intensely at the calendar as it expresses itself in your community. Uh, For example, if you're in an academic community where there's a major university and that's what drives everything in your city or in your area, then you're going to want to really be sensitive to that. 
if you're in a community where people uh, work uh, shift work and there's a lot of uh, blue collar union type guys and their work is controlled by that kind of schedule and your church sort of reflects that kind of scheduling, you're going to want to think about that as well. So look at the calendar first, but then customize it or personalize it to your unique situation. And then look at the Christian calendar. Christmas and Easter are two major Christian holidays that you're going to want to include on your preaching plan. You might also include Thanksgiving. It doesn't fall on a Sunday, but you may include that as part of the Christian calendar as well. Now, depending on your faith tradition and background, there may be other aspects of the Christian calendar that are important to your church. Things like Advent or or other Christian uh, celebrations may be a part of what you've customarily done, and you might want to be a part of that in your preaching plan. So we're going to consult the calendar and then personalize the calendar, more specific in our situation, and then look at the Christian calendar and put those significant dates on the event uh, or on the preaching schedule. Then there's a couple of other calendars you want to look at. You want to look at your church calendar. Um, By that I mean church events like a church anniversary or a pastor's anniversary or something that happens annually that your church celebrates that's very significant in the life of your church. There might also be some events that are going to be on the calendar that you think the preaching ministry ought to connect with, maybe like Vacation Bible School or something like that. Uh, You may have a Bible conference planned or some kind of revival type experience. Uh, Those kinds of things need to be put on the calendar because they're part of the preaching plan that you're going to make. And then I think you should also look at the denominational calendar. Now, I'm not asking you to put every denominational event on your calendar, on your preaching schedule, but you know there are some things on the denominational calendar like missions emphases particularly in Southern Baptist uh, churches where I live and work. Uh, We emphasize uh, home missions in the spring and international missions around Christmas. And so thinking about the denominational calendar and key events that take place may impact your preaching schedule as well. Now, one other thing that often comes up when I teach on this is people ask me, well, what about things like uh, July 4th and Mother's Day? Do I have to put every holiday on my preaching schedule and preach on every holiday about that particular theme? And the answer to that is definitely no. Uh, A lot of these secular holidays can be recognized in the service without you preaching on it. So, for example, on the 4th of July, uh, why not have the Pledge of Allegiance and sing uh, the Star-Spangled Banner and have a special prayer time for America but then preach in your regular series on whatever it is you're preaching through for the summer series. Uh, You can recognize uh, Memorial Day or Labor Day or any of these secular holidays in different ways in your worship service without having to build your entire sermon around them. All right. So once you build this calendar, it's going to give you segments or sections of preaching. Six weeks here, seven weeks there, 13 weeks there. And those become the building blocks for you to lay out a planned program of preaching. Then you start asking yourself again, do I want to preach a series from a book or a section of a book or a theme or a topic? And how do I want to mix and match that through the year so that I create some variety but also some balance? And also I create that synergy I'm looking for as I plan worship services and let it influence even the total ministry of the church. A planned program of preaching, it will help you, it will strengthen you, it will facilitate your entire work as a church if you do it well. So thank you for listening, those of you who are not preachers. uh, Use the ideas I've shared here to help your pastor to understand the importance of doing this. And if you are a preacher, 
take to heart what it means to create a plan program that then influences the total ministry of your church. Do it well as you plan for next year's preaching and as you lead on.